it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. Suddenly, they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their 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 face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right. Thanks for coming back to another Bigfoot Society episode. This time we have a new friend, uh, Larry Sidwell from West Virginia. How's it going, Larry? Very good. How are you? I'm doing great. Having a great central Iowa day, nice and windy, uh, but the sun's out. I'm loving it. How's it over there in West Virginia? It's uh, warm, sunny, and windy also. Gotta love it. Trees are just now starting into peak around here, so it's it's really nice. So I'm having you on today, Larry, because I got this crazy idea that uh, it would be cool to chat with a few uh, BFRO investigators. Um, so I, I did some digging through the reports on BFRO.net. And uh, the cool thing about that website is, you know, it tells who the investigator was that was involved with the case. And uh, so reached out to a few. You were uh, nice enough to uh, agree to coming on the podcast. And uh, this is your first time uh, chatting on a podcast, right? Yes, it is. I'm excited. That's awesome. The The other cool thing about uh, the BFRO is that they have a little uh, write-up about the investigator. And uh, man, you have, I'm seeing, you've gone, I would say at least 25 uh, expeditions over the years going back through 2012. It's pretty impressive. Oh, thank you. Uh, and I've got a few more I've got to add on. I've, uh, we just did a, uh, a Pleasant Hill Lake thing with Matt Moneymaker in Ohio. Oh yeah. Uh, we're grown, grown flight. And I just got back from the Kentucky Bigfoot, uh, the KBROs expedition. And, uh, so when I leave, Two weeks we're going to East Tennessee. Um, Lori Wade has a uh, expedition in East Tennessee. She always does two or three a year. So, got more to do. Wow, that that's amazing. You are getting all over the place. I love that. I just actually talked to a gentleman from East Tennessee. He had some pretty wild stories. He had some folklore tales, and he was talking about you know some sightings his family had over the years of. Uh, you know, uh, a Bigfoot type creatures. And it just seems like that Eastern Tennessee area, uh, there's some wild stuff up in that Hills for sure. Yeah. I'm anxious to get down there. I've, uh, I've been in, uh, North Georgia and Western North Carolina, but I've not done the Eastern Tennessee yet. So this will be interesting to 
uh, be in the, I guess it's a Cherokee National Forest is where it's ah, going to be. Okay, okay, Larry. Let's let's start with uh, let's start with the the beginning. What was it that first got you into the uh, the bigfooting thing? What was well, it that first got your interest? Well, I did, did when I was growing up. Uh, I saw the old Patterson Gimlin film in my in my hometown theater on one Saturday afternoon uh, and I saw it and uh, I was a believer at that point but then I kind of you know over the years ago you're working going through school and everything kind of got away from it then I saw the uh, the BFRO's uh, website and saw that they had an expedition coming up in Kentucky and uh, I signed up for that one and it, it had to be postponed for some reason I can remember then and I ended up transferring to the uh, to the West Virginia uh, expedition, and uh, that was in 2012, and I uh, went, and we had tons of activity on that uh, on that expedition. I uh, the first night we were out on the trail, I was a guy named, with a guy named Tyler Bounds, who was uh, who is big uh, Northwest. Yep. Well, Northwestern. I don't know if you know him. Or I have not. heard the name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was our leader one group. We had a home run knock that first night and uh and that was i was sold at that point i mean there was no way it was anything other than something hitting it i mean it was like the biggest four by four in the woods hitting a big oak tree wow and uh, then we went out and uh, some other groups had a uh, class a on a thermal unfortunately it was the only thermal we had that didn't record i wasn't with <laughs> right. the group, but friends were they watched this thing for about 10 or 15 minutes it was tree peaking, doing their usual, you know, checking us out kind of a behavior. Then the last night we uh, came back and we did some call blasting with Monagahela uh, down in the, down this road where we were at, down in the, off the Blackwater River. And uh, that's where our campsite was. We just camped uh, some call blasting. Up. Nothing really happened. We went back to camp about 2.30. We all went to bed. And I, like, I could not go to sleep in the tent. I was like, my bones were aching. We'd hiked so much. Mm. And uh, a couple, I think it was at least two, crossed the river behind my tent. I was My tent was close to the river. Came up into our campsite uh, and pushed on the top of my tent. Uh, I saw the hand really down, yes. This was probably three thirty thirty in the morning. Everybody else was asleep and snoring. I think I was probably the only person awake in, in camp. And they messed around our camp for a while, picking up things, moving, rubbing on stuff. And I was scared to death. I mean, I was just literally terrified. And to the point where I picked up my key fob, my truck was right up the hill from me and was ready to hit the emergency alarm if it got crazy. But uh, they, they moved on to the the Bigfoots did. There was some chatter, weird chatter going on, some grunts. And uh, the next morning, I got up and talked to the other people there. There was three other campers there, three other tent sites, I should say. And uh, we ended up going down to the river and found a partial print down where they crossed the river in the side of the, in the, side of the bank. And uh, so that was exciting. That was the 2012 West Virginia uh expedition that was my first and uh at the time i was living in the outer banks of north carolina so it was hard for me to get back and forth you know it was a long haul so i ended up going on a couple of expeditions a year there 
And uh, we went back to the same area in 2013. We had some activity that year, but it wasn't as much. And, uh, you know, at some of these expeditions, you'll have tons of activity and others you won't have hardly any. It's just, you know, sometimes they don't want to play. So, so your first, th- that's incredible. Your first Bigfoot expedition in 2012, you had a Bigfoot come to your tent and, and press down on the tent. Uh, that's yep. just, so, that's some crazy wild stuff. I don't know how it can get much better than that. That I I wouldn't have been able to get back to sleep myself. I, I didn't go back to sleep. <laughs> and uh, Mother Nature was calling and I was too scared to even go outside. <laughs> uh, it was scary. And the next morning, finally we had some daylight and everybody else got up and I told them what happened. And they were like, wow. we've been weird things across the river from us couple of brown figures that we couldn't really you know pinpoint what they were and this was days before any of us had i didn't have a thermal imager none of the group i was with had a thermal imager sure if that's he had stuff just going on across uh one of the guys up the river something had gotten into his tent messing around we didn't know somebody or whatever so he ended up we ended up moving his entire tent down to our area and uh uh and staying there and the sad part is that area where we're camping, they no longer allow camping. It's in the uh, the Little Monongahela uh, Wildlife Reserve. Okay. And I guess they have lots of people uh, doing you know, things they shouldn't do down in there. So they stopped uh, camping along the river there, but it's an awesome place. Wow. That, that sounds incredible. You know, I've talked to a few gentlemen from West Virginia. I've talked to, you know, people like Joe Perdue, Dr. Russ Jones. It just sounds like sure. the area... Like, people don't realize how crazy for Bigfoot the West Virginia area is, even to the extent, like, it's almost, you know, as crazy as uh, the Pacific Northwest. Do you have any thoughts regarding that? Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's really taken off around here. I mean, uh, I, I, you just go around to some of the areas down around Marlinton area and talk to people, and most of them are pretty open about it. They'll, uh, uh, they'll tell, you know, that they had these encounters numerous years through their family from their grandfathers hmm. and uh and talking about you know the wild man of the woods or whatever you know what do they call them or whatever and uh they sutton is now doing a a, a bigfoot festival hmm. uh in june and this it's the second year this year and uh it's amazing how it's grown and we were the first year we were on like a question and answer panel me and uh, a couple other uh, Bigfoot guys here, Charles Kimbrough from Virginia and uh, uh, yeah, Greg yeah. Lang from Virginia. And uh, we were on stage for almost two hours. It was supposed to be only like an hour thing when these people were just asking questions and they wow. were really minded about it. And uh, so, yeah, Russ Jones and Darren Pavarnik were the uh, leaders of the first expedition, first and second expedition in West Virginia I went on. Okay. So, Russ is a great guy. He is. It really so seems knowledgeable. like he is. Yeah. Let's just so I don't forget it. Uh, you mentioned that you were able to go out to Ohio to do uh, some some work with Matt Moneymaker. Is there anything that you can share from how that experience went? Okay. Yeah. It was at Pleasant Hill Lake Park uh, in the Muskingum, I think I'm pronouncing it right, watershed district. And they had had a sighting in their, their primitive campground. A year before, so Louis Andre is the uh, he's in charge of the he's a 
the naturalist and he does special events for the park uh decided to set up a thing and uh he and uh suzanne Ferencheck uh got together mm. and uh, they kind of got this thing together we had volunteers there's 12 volunteers we went out and what happened was we decided to do Matt wanted to do this is like a project he'd been wanting to do for a long time using a, a thermal drone and uh so a guy named Robert Evans, he lives in St. Augustine, Florida. He has some really nice drone equipment. And we, we they got it all together, got him up here. Uh, we all were over there the 1st of September. And it was, we were there a week getting up. And it was a lot of planning involved. And uh, it was a whole festival. I mean, it was for the family and everything. They had a VFP dinner on Friday night. And while, during the VFP dinner, we were able to fly the drone and in real time, transmit the drone images back to a big screen TV. Wow. Uh, so that the, the participants in the VIP dinner and Matt narrated, and I was the radio man between Matt and Robert Evans, who was flying, uh, flying the drone, the drone pilot. And we were able to, you know, we didn't see any Bigfoots, but we, you know, a lot of deer and stuff there. People were able to see the technology. Uh, unfortunately, that time of year, the, 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 uh, the tree canopy layer was kind of hard to get down here. You could see down in some areas. So we had sure. to go along the edge of the woods, and uh, it it, it's a, it was really a great thing. I mean, it, the technology, this uh, the thermal imager was, was 640 resolution. I mean, he could bring it in, bring it out, uh, and we flew it. We flew five missions each night. We had five batteries. Uh so we flew each five missions the first night. The second night, they had a town hall down at the, the park. They had the big a big screen set up there. And the end of it after the uh, after the town hall meeting, where people you know were discussing their sightings in the area and all this. It's mainly in the Mohican Forest, Mohican uh, State Park area. Okay. Yeah, this borders it. There's a lake between the the park and the Pleasant Hill Lake Park, between Mohican Park, and uh, so. Uh, the people were they did they talked about their sightings like in a town hall like they did on finding bigfoot and uh so we flew it again that night and i mean things were a lot smoother the second night we uh we'd had some some internet issues the first night and we worked all that out and uh but the second night we were able to it was flawless we did so much more stuff we had a lot more deer uh we actually had two bucks fighting oh cool <laughs> on the and uh, yeah, it, was, it came out really nice. And it uh, looks like we're going to do it again next year, uh, the first weekend of October. We're going to repeat it. Matt Moneymaker will be coming back there. And it was a, it was a pleasure to get to work with Matt for a week and get to really know him. And uh, uh, he is so passionate about uh, the research. That is fascinating. It sounds like there's, you know, there's probably some plans in order to to fine tune that in the future. I just, just the, you know, you can have an audience seeing live a, a, you know, looking for a Bigfoot. That just, that blows my mind. I mean, that, that makes for a very cool future uh, to do with Bigfooting. Or you could have multiple people watching and, you know, Absolutely. more people are going to notice things, you know, logically than just one person looking at the footage. And like, that's, it could get really, really cool. Yeah, they were able to, to tell us where things were because we're looking at uh, oh, wow. TV, uh, 
a phone size screen and uh, or laptop and we're not able to see the the full projection and they were telling us to go right go left and uh, so we'd have the drone go right left you know and it was it was really it was really amazing that is awesome yeah matt has some very interesting forward thinking ideas when it comes to utilizing technology and bigfoot research and you know, hopefully someday I would, uh, I'll be able to chat with him. If you're listening, Matt, hey, the offer is always open. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk some more about your your expeditions over the years, Larry. You know that okay. first that first expedition, you had some really crazy things happen. You know, was it a thing where you know did things get even more wild over the years at different expeditions, or was that 2012 kind of the the that epitome of of how wild things got for you well like i said some years you'll you'll get knocks and howls I'm, i really get into recording audio mm. and i've had some audio we we do a thing called long duration recorders put mm-hmm. those out they'll record 30 days for nine or 10 hours a night on a set of batteries that we've got set up so i've done some audio plus uh, i had a class a sighting in uh land between the lakes in 2019. Oh, I'd be interested a, in that. On a, on the, Charlie Raymond had a, uh, uh, a big PFRO expedition in Land Between the Lakes, and I was actually able to get a catch catch one, <laughs> or not catch one, but get, get to watch one for a very few seconds. And But it was wow. definitely a big call, and uh, it, uh, yeah, it took a long time to get that Class A. <laughs> So listeners may know that, uh, you know, land between the lakes usually comes up when, you know, people are talking about Dogman, uh, but there's also uh, Bigfoot reported in that area in uh, in Kentucky, correct, Larry? Absolutely, yeah. We were only, uh, you know, it's the land between Kentucky and Barkley Lake. Sure. Uh, it's forested area, it's, it's protected area, and... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of dog band. There was the, uh, the the ledge monster that killed the people that yeah, no one seems to find a lot of evidence about now. But it was uh, rumors that went around. But we we went there two years, and we had the first year we had a little bit of the activity. The second year we had quite a bit of activity with knocks and uh, a lot of knocks in that area. And then the the, the night I saw, we we had split the group up. It was the intersection of two force roads, uh, force service roads, and we decided I, myself, and another guy stayed at the the crossroads of the of the uh, of the, uh, the roads, and then we split up in four different groups. One went north, south, east, and west, and went down, and then we had timed. We were going to do time knocks between mm-hmm. the, the four. One at fifty. Every fifteen minutes, a group was going to do knocks. After the second group, we had knocks right across the road from us. I mean, me and the other gentleman, uh, and they were close. So I got up, walked over to the road and uh, the main intersection. It was thurming down where the knocks were coming at. And uh, I had to look down the road going to the south. And we had two girls down there. They were down about 150, 200 yards down the road. And I noticed they turned on their white light, which kind of mm. kind of spooked me. I opened when there was a lot of activity going on. We were all we had the hair on our necks, you know that that syndrome kind of coming up, our kicking in. It, it just it just there was a lot of activity going on, 
and they turned their white lights. When they did, it illuminated up the road, and the Bigfoot crossed the road about halfway between me and them, went across the road, and it was just, it was huge and fast, and uh, it, it was, I was just very lucky that they had illuminated with white light, right? It, it had it actually shown, and it came through there, and it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. We reenacted it a couple of times. And okay. I think Charlie has my interview on uh, on his YouTube with the Kentucky Bigfoot Research. Oh, awesome! Yeah, very good. I'll have to definitely check that out. Um, so you you saw the Bigfoot cross the road, illuminated by white light, correct? By white light, yes. So you know, thinking back to that that time, were you able to you know see things pretty clear? Did you actually? Did you see anything about its face, or or what are some details maybe you remember about it? The uh, just the broad uh, the, the broadness of its shoulders, the length of its arms, and the way it walked. It was hunched over. I won't say walk. It was moving pretty quick. It crossed a twenty five foot area in about three steps. Wow! And extremely fast. I didn't see the face facial details, and mm-hmm. uh, um, but. Uh, it, it, it was no doubt in my mind what I saw. It's, it's the only thing it could have been. I mean, you know, it was just, yeah, the, this the size of it and the quickness it moved and uh, quiet. It, it, I think what would happen when they uh, turn on the white light, it had been kind of probably in that area where we heard the knocks. It came out of that area. It came across. I think we spooked it when the white lights turned on. They were actually illuminating the ground. Uh, they had found what they thought was a track there and were looking at it with the white light. They couldn't see it very good with their red lights that we use at night on hikes. And uh, so uh, I was able to actually get, get a good, good glimpse of it, good good look at it. That is that is incredible. Do you, you know, over, over the years when you're going on different expeditions, do you ever find, you know, do you ever encounter anything that is weird but definitely not Bigfoot. Do you ever run across the yeah. paths of any other could be cryptids or other weird things in the woods? Orbs. Really? Yes. We had a lot wow. of orbs, especially in land between the lakes. We were actually watching one the night that we saw the Bigfoot. There was a red one up in the trees where we were watching, and people encountered them the entire expedition down there. Both years, we had orbs. Uh, that's about the only other thing I've really, we had actually an orb, uh, go near, there's a lot of cemeteries in the land between the lakes, old family plots mm. and stuff that, and had, had some one of the groups, a really good researcher was there, investigator and had them saw them. So it was, yeah, they were just a, a lot of orbs. We, we get them just about everywhere we go. It seems like you had mentioned uh when you're talking about land between the lakes i believe you said that it was the uh ledge monster is that correct the what now you you had said uh that there were reports of some kind of monster beside the dog man yeah well they think they, they weren't sure whether it was a dog man or bigfoot or whatever there was a group of campers killed oh yes okay okay <laughs> Yep. That old legend. I think you've probably heard the that. The in- infamous legend, I believe, from the 1980s of the, uh, the campground. Uh, it was almost it, well, pretty much a massacre in a way, yeah. 
Yeah, so there were bodies in the trees and Not everything. Okay. No. 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 no one's been able to find any uh, uh, evidence with the police department. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's a tricky thing about that. And I know that that is, uh, that is opening up a can of worms with some listeners, and I may get some emails, which I welcome. Uh, because the Dogman community is very, very uh, passionate, and they're doing some great research down there for sure. Uh, are you still actively going on uh, Bigfoot expeditions, Larry? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I've got a couple more coming up. And actually, I'm going to be hosting a BFRO West Virginia uh, expedition next September, 14th to 17th. And I'll have it here. I can, can't give the location, but sure. it'll be in a great spot. And uh, that's open for registration now on BFRO.net on our site. You can go in and uh, talk, and then I'll, you know, we we select people people that want to do it and then i'll interview them and see if they're they're you know, oh wow group and we've already got a lot of present presentation people signed up we got b mills monogahela and uh, charles kimber are going to be presenters uh at night so yeah it uh it looks like we're getting it together i'm getting a lot of inquiries already i've already selected about six people i didn't know that in on an expedition that's pretty cool uh, yeah, the officer yeah. calls you, talks to you, and make sure you know we're not getting people in that are going to hoax and and do crazy, you know, do things that just aren't in the interest of the expedition. I like that. And yeah, they send their stuff into Caroline Curtis, the secretary of the BFRO, and then she gets it back out to the organizer, and then we make a phone call. And a lot of the repeaters, we don't call back. I already sure. know the people that are repeaters. It's the newbies I usually call up and. Uh, you know, really want to make sure that they know what they're getting into. And, and there is a charge involved. I mean, the, we have to get insurance and permits. Exactly. And exactly. So it, we try to keep it as reasonable as we can. But uh, we have expenses, you know, for scouting, scouting trips and everything. So in, in the last few minutes that we have, uh, Larry, uh, I've got uh, one more question for you. You know, you've gone on so many different expeditions and you know, pretend you're speaking to someone, maybe a listener who, you know, wants to go look for Bigfoot, have their first expedition. What, how do they need to be prepared? What things would you recommend? Well, there's so many different ways to approach it. You know, you can mm. go in and come to you. You can hike, night hike and trail. I'd make sure you're in fairly good condition, which I need to get myself back in shape. Uh they uh, make a good tradition. Make sure you're, you know, good shoes. Don't. I, I highly encourage people not to do it alone. Sure. Always have to. Uh, you know, that's you know, people get lost, and uh, uh, you know, you can have always have an audio recorder. Uh, just uh, have an open mind. Uh, remember, not everything that happens in the woods, not every noise is a bigfoot. Mm. Know the difference sounds you know what a barred owl sounds like know what a coyote sounds like and coyotes have got so many different sounds they can make uh you know look listen for knocks and howls and just uh you know like say find a friend that's in, interested in it uh get it and uh you know it'll get if you if you go out and start having activity and try to pick out an area that there's it's active uh you can go on the bfro site and we break it down by state and county where you're at uh, you know 
pick out an area that's near you and just go in and hit some of the trails that most of the state parks and state forests are really, you know, open to it. Uh, there seems to be activity in just about every national forest, especially in the East Coast, where we have activity and in sightings. And, uh, you know, you can start out with just a red headlamp and, uh, you know, walkie talkies and things. And, you know, you can get into where you're, you, you'll get addicted and then you'll end up buying thousand dollars. <laughs> right. Imager, just yeah. that. Uh, thank yeah. God thermal images have gotten cheaper over the last few years. So, and, uh, there's, there's some real good affordable units. I love the equipment. Uh, even if you don't see a Bigfoot, it is still a really fun camping trip that you're getting out in nature and uh we all could use a lot more of that so yes that's 99 percent of it just getting out in nature and and meeting old friends that's a great thing on these expeditions is uh you know we only get together some of us two or three times a year and we get together and talk about our stories and in our research and uh we try new new things uh just to uh uh you know, to try to make it easier for us. That the last uh, expedition I was at in Kentucky this fall, we actually had uh, activity right in base camp. Uh, wow! During a presentation, Monongahela was playing some audio, <laughs> and we had knocks and whoops and eye shine right in the right in base camp. No way! During the yes, during the presentation, and uh, that's the incredible. There you I will the area because it's an active research area sure but uh uh yeah it's been uh it's been crazy there we were doing them at 11 o'clock in the morning one day and uh he was doing his uh audio presentation and we had whoops and knocks or over the hill right behind us from where we were doing it oh wow so. <laughs> that is that is incredible i mean what what an experience that must have been jeez yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> Larry, thank you so much for for hanging out and uh, sharing your experience with Bigfoot over the years. This has been very uh, informational. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Before you go, I I always like to give the guest uh, a chance. Is there any, you know, uh, things that people can do to to follow uh, up with uh, with what you're doing, or uh, would the best thing be to keep an eye on the BFRO website? What do you think? Just keep an eye on the BFRO website. I don't have a blog or anything, but sure. uh, keep up with the, the BFRO website. We've been kind of quiet in West Virginia lately with reports, so I haven't had a lot to do, but uh, they, they seem to come in big groups. So mm. hopefully we'll stuff coming out there real soon, and you can keep up with... Uh, uh, like I said, the BFRO website and looking at the reports and just checking with uh, the newest ones coming in. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Larry. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or 